I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. Well, all right, everybody. Welcome back to Book Publishing A to Z. This is part seven. Wow, we are making our way through this series. And I pray that each episode has been a blessing to you, whether it is your intention to self-publish or you're looking to land that traditional publishing deal. This series is for you. We are taking your journey through the alphabet, getting more comfortable with the book publishing industry terms, many of which I will transparently admit that I was not aware of back in 2013 when I self-published. So it is my sincere hope that you will leave this series equipped and empowered to chase the dream that God has planted in your heart. Well, in part seven, we are going to focus our time. I had an original plan to focus on a number of things, but as I was preparing for today's segment, I really felt the call to go deep into this topic because it is one that so many aspiring authors have as a goal. So today we're actually going to focus 100% of our time on the letter T and specifically traditional publishing. Now, within this, we're also going to talk about some of the elements that are needed in order to land a traditional publishing deal. So if that is your heart's desire, I want you to tune in to this episode. I want you to share it with friends who also share that goal. And I want you to take some really good notes. I'm going to break this down both from the standpoint of personal experience as I pursue this as a goal as well as now having been in the industry for a few years and having had the benefit of having those insightful conversations with those that help to land those deals, putting those two pieces together to help equip you to accomplish this goal. So first of all, let's contrast this. So I talked in prior episodes about self-publishing and the benefits of it. Just a quick recap. Self-publishing literally means that you are taking the helms not only in writing, but in publishing. That could mean that you do it all yourself, which I actually do not recommend because your book is your business card. You want it to represent you well. Or you can hire out the various roles that we've talked about in this series. So you could hire an editor, a proofreader, a cover designer, If you're having pictures, an illustrator, you can hire a formatter for your book. So when you self-publish, you have to assemble your own dream team to make it happen. And unless you work with a partner like us at 265 that has that dream team already assembled, you are responsible for interviewing and vetting those people. So back in 2013, when that was my path, I was using websites like Fiverr to be able to locate sources. I've now learned 
that that's not the path that I would take now in 2021. Not because there are not great people on Fiverr that can help, but there is a benefit to having a central point of contact that manages the process, certainly makes things smoother. It takes a lot of stress out of the process. And then you don't have to worry about as long as you do your vetting on the front end of the person that you partner with to publish your book, you don't have to worry about the stress of all the individual pieces coming together. They kind of manage that for you. So that's what we do at 265. But there are other companies out there that will often be referred to as author services companies, or you may hear them referred to as self-publishing companies. I know there's a lot of noise out there that you don't have to pay to publish your book. And that's absolutely true. But essentially what you are paying for are the pieces, the components that are necessary to publish a quality book. So that is what is really meant by that. So in the self-publishing space, you're picking up all those costs, but that also means that you have 100% creative control. The book is exactly what you want it to be. It says what you want it to say, how you want it to say it. Now, hopefully, as you've been listening to this series, you've also recognized that there needs to be a recognition that ultimately the reader is the one that determines whether the book resonates with them. So really getting in tune with that persona and being able to speak to a direct target audience is going to be important. But outside of that, assuming that you've got that down, listen, it is your book. You can do it how you want it. You have complete creative control. You have complete marketing control. You retain 100% of the rights you get a larger share of the royalties, but it also means that you really push and orchestrate that process. Then we talked about the indie publisher that's kind of that middle ground, not as big as the traditional publishing houses that we'll talk about today, but they have assembled the resources in-house to be able to publish books at a smaller scale, not as many different authors do they work with, but still a very viable option. The advances may be a little bit less. The royalties may be a little bit different. But again, take some of that pressure off of you of coordinating and managing the process of publishing a book. Now, today, I want to contrast that with a traditional publishing deal. So this is what most people think of when they think of getting a book deal or landing a book deal. This is when one of the big companies, you know, the big companies like HarperCollins, picks up your deal. And it's a great moment that is celebrated in the author space when that happens. And so the question becomes, okay, what are some of the pros and cons of going down that path? And what does that really look like if that's something that I want to pursue? So let's break it down. So first of all, let's talk about why a person would actually choose to be traditionally published. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I'm going to hit on a few that I think are pretty common in the circles in which I travel. Okay, so number one is just that that endorsement, right? That stamp of approval, that knowing that what you have had to say actually mattered and resonated with people to the point that they were willing to invest in you, to take that chance, to take a risk, right? When a publishing company says yes to your deal, it means they believe in you. And I think we all like that vote of encouragement, especially in a space like writing where it's very subjective and some people like it and some people don't. If you can get a book publisher to pick up your deal, it's huge for self-confidence in this author space. But then it also means you don't have to assemble the dream team, right? You can rely on them, their in-house resources, which 
if they are a major publisher, it's probably a really quality team that's working on this project. So it's great to not have to worry about that. That stress goes away. And you also don't have the upfront costs that you have to invest. The publishing house takes care of that. Okay. And then there's the, for those of us that are high achievers, it's differentiating yourself. It's being set apart. It's being somewhat in that elite club, right? It's just a goal, a stretch goal that we can set for ourselves to be able to operate at a higher level and really be able to command the respect of a major publishing house. Okay. So those are some of the reasons that people do it. Now, you may wonder, you know, well, What's your stance, Tim, on which path is best? And I really believe that it depends on your individual goals. It depends on what you want to accomplish. You may or may not know this, but I actually self-published my book in 2013. I didn't know much about the traditional publishing path. I was using it to build authority and build a business, which we did. And so it helped me to accomplish that goal. Now, there was a lot I didn't know. And if I were to do it again and when I publish again, which will be soon, I will do it a different way. But I don't have any regrets about self-publishing. I think it's a viable option and it makes a lot of sense if you want to have creative control, you want to get your book out quickly, and you want to retain the rights of your book. Those are reasons that I would pursue the self-publishing path. But if the bragging rights, the stamp of approval, having the cost picked up for you is attractive, then maybe traditional publishing will be for you. I will share that after I self-published, I actually had someone that really took a liking to the book that connected me to a contact in the traditional publishing space. And they actually really liked the book. And so for a moment there, I had hope that I could actually land a traditional publishing deal. So I sent them copies of the book. We signed a contract that we talked about earlier in the series, and they began representing me, and conversations were going on. And long story short, it ended up not working out. And so if that's you, if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you've gotten one of those rejection letters and you're feeling a little discouraged, I want you to know that I feel your pain. I know what that's like. And what's important as you're listening to the sound of my voice right now is that you really tune in to what I'm going to share Now I recognize the things that I was missing. And it just was such an honor last year when that same person that represented me said, Tam, now you could do it. Now you have the things that you need to be successful. So if you want to do it again, you should go for it. And the verdict is still out for me. I don't know if that's something that I will pursue at this time, but it's just a good feeling to know that we've grown. You know, I've grown as an author. I've grown as a business leader to a point where it now makes sense. And I want to help you get there. So we've talked about a lot of the pros on the traditional publishing side. You're going to get that mainstream bragging, right? Everything's going to be done for you in terms of putting the book together. It's going to be easier for you to get into bookstores with this model. And sometimes you may even get a little money up front. You may get a few thousand dollars as what we call an advance for your book. So that's really cool. Now, when we talk about the cons, I'm going to break this down, but here's how I would really think about it. The biggest con of pursuing this path is that you have to commit to the long haul. Traditional publishing is not an easy goal to accomplish. It is not one without struggle and challenge. So if you're going to pursue this path, you've got to be prayerful and persistent. There are going to be setbacks in the journey. 
it will not be smooth sailing. It's not even on a self-publishing path, right? But there are some additional elements that add complexity to this process when you go the self-publishing route. So let's break this down. So if you want a nonfiction publishing deal, I, I must specify that, guys, I don't know fiction. God bless those of you that write fiction. I think it's awesome. It's not my space. So what I'm going to speak to here is a lane that I operate in. So nonfiction, you need a sellable story. You need an author platform, a query letter, and a book proposal. Got to have all four of those things. Now, we've talked quite a bit about making sure that your book is marketable. So that's what I mean by sellable story. And then by author platform, I learned later that that was the big piece that I was missing. So when we talk about an author platform, what they mean is, what the publishers, agents, and editors mean is, you've got to be able to prove that your book is marketable, meaning you've already convinced other people to believe in you. And one of the ways that that can be measured is your social media following, your email list, your blog subscribers, your Facebook group that you're running, how many people are in that. Those are things that indicate that you have been able to capture people's attention and get them to follow you. Now, why is that important? Because remember, the publishing house is putting everything on the line. They've assembled the dream team. They're paying that team. They're paying for all the costs of the printing and you know, whatever communications, the press releases, all of that stuff is being absorbed by the publishing house. So they only want to do that if they have a pretty good certainty that they're going to get their money back. And by the way, since it is a business and even as a Christian traditional publisher, they are held accountable for operating as good stewards, which means they need to be able to get a return on their investment, right? So not only do they want to just make back what they put into the project, they want to make more, right? So if that is the case, they only want to do that when it's a pretty good chance that that is going to happen. The money is going to be recouped and then some. So we've got to remember that this is a business. This is not a charity. And it's not about whether or not people believe that what you have to say is important. It's just a matter of whether it fits within the business model. If traditional publishing is not responsive for you, you can still get your message out. It just means that you'll need to be responsible for it, taking ownership of that process and going the self-publishing route. Now, for that traditional publishing deal, I mentioned the two other things that you really need, the query letter and the book proposal. So I want to make these more everyday terms. So think of a query letter as kind of a cover letter, right? When you're applying for a job, you have this cover letter that kind of opens the door, hopefully differentiates you in a positive way, helps people to understand that you really are interested in this job, why, and gives them a preview of what they could possibly get if they continue to the resume or move on to the interview process. A query letter accomplishes much the same thing in the traditional publishing space. It's the way of opening a door. So some of the same things that you would do kind of high level within a cover letter, you want to do within a query letter. And you could Google and get examples of that out there for you to follow. But, you know, making sure that you're customizing it to who you're sending the query letter to, just like you would a cover letter, making sure that you're giving an overview of your experience in this space. It's talking about your bio, your platform, your credentials, because you are really trying to position your book as something that should be investigated and sought out. You want to give the agent, editor, 
publisher a feel for what that book is about. So what's the title? What's the word count? What's the genre and category? Who's going to buy the book? Who's the target audience for it? And also hugely important because remember, we've got to think like a marketer. What's the big idea? What makes this book attractive? What makes it the same but different as those in the space, right? Because it needs to be similar enough that there is a belief that it can actually sell. It's relevant and aligns with some of what is already published, but different enough, unique enough that it stands out in such a way that you might be able to capture your piece of the pie, your segment of that existing market. Remember, there are probably hundreds, if not thousands of books already written in the space in which you want to operate. So you are competing with them just like a job applicant is up against sometimes hundreds of other people for that one job. You've got to differentiate yourself and the query letter is one way that you do that. Now, the book proposal, I would think of it as the resume using our interview example, right? So the book proposal takes it another step and really positions you and your book as something to be sought after from a business standpoint. And remember, you hear me say a lot, books are a business. You could think of it as like a business plan to a degree for your book. If you've ever written a business plan before, you know that it really challenges you to think through your business and make sure that you have a well thought out and well planned out business idea. And I believe that's the same objective with a book proposal, right? The agent, editor, publisher wants to know that you've really thought through all the pieces of the puzzle and are approaching this as something that you are committed to and willing to work for in the long haul. This journey that you're going to be on to getting a traditional publishing deal, one of the cons, if you will, is it's going to take longer. We could be talking years to get this process completed and your book out into the market. So it makes sense that they're looking for someone with a long-term mindset and is willing to go through the process of fleshing out all of these details, thinking through the market, thinking through the competitors, thinking through the angle in which this book is going to be marketed or could be successful. All of those things make a case for your book and why that agent, editor, publisher should take a chance on you. Remember, that's what this is all about is creating that that thought that maybe this could actually work. That's what you literally want people to think. Maybe this could actually work because there's still going to need to be some conversation and some negotiation to actually get to a deal. But if you can't spark that thought, if that light bulb doesn't come on, then the chances of you being able to go to that next step are really, really small, right? So we've got to have a sellable book. The manuscript needs to be good. Let me be clear. But then you also have to have that marketing piece of it and be able to make it compelling, make it stand out, make it something that's attractive for the agent, the editor, the publisher, and then make sure that you have that platform. That's what I didn't know back then, right? So think about it. If it was your business, right? And someone's telling you this book is really amazing and awesome, but they've got 200 you know, social media followers and they have 50 people on their email list. It's not to say that the book couldn't be awesome and that it couldn't sell well, but the indicators in which we would be looking at to make that decision aren't really there, right? If you can't, as the author of the book, convince people to follow you, to subscribe, then the publishing house, why should they believe 
that they can do that. Yes, sure, they have teams and expertise and experience, but remember that books don't sell themselves, authors sell books. And that's true, whether we're talking about self-publishing, indie publishing, or traditional publishing. The traditional publishing house is looking for a partner in the marketing process. And so the best way for them to get an idea of how this joint venture, if you will, will work is to be able to preview what you are currently doing. Are you bringing your A game to the table to attract a following, to demonstrate that you are going to be able to continue to attract people and grow that following so that the books that are published will be sold, the advance that the publishing house has given you will be met, and then there will even be an overflow. That is the traditional publishing house's objective is to make good investments. So what am I saying here? Make sure that you communicate that you are a good investment. Have your I's dotted, have your T's crossed. Yes, pray as you go through this process on who you partner with. And understand that it is a business and just because it didn't work with one publishing house doesn't mean that it will not work with the next. Just continue to push forward, believing that God will help you to meet the expectations that need to be met if that's the path that you need to take. And then always remember that you have self-publishing as an option. It's no longer the case that you have to depend on someone else to open the door for you. You can open your own door. Well, family, that's it for this week's episode. I hope that it's been a blessing to you and encourage you to join us in the Christian Authors Network Facebook group to continue the conversation and ask your questions. We'll be back with part eight, where I'll get further into the alphabet. Initially, I thought I was going to get into some of that today, but I really wanted to invest the time to set you up for success if traditional publishing is your goal. So I will talk to you soon in part eight. God bless. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.